I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan here live from the Mutant Ages studio with a microphone. Wow, you found your microphone today. And so <laughs> I did, did I. We both did it. We're both here for a two part season finale of X-Men Evolution season two, except that we're recording it as two episodes. In two parts. Because that's how we roll. <laughs> I know that this was aired together back to back, but we are watching it. in well, we watched it back to back, but we are going to record it in two parts. We actually did watch it back to back. We'd never do this. We have we are recording this having watched both episodes and we are recording yeah. the episodes back to back. That is for right. the listeners' edification. At the Mutant Ages studio. What is the Mutant Ages, Maddie? Uh, well, it is a show where we review a re-adaptation of the X-Men and talk about how gay all of them are. That's right. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the Reckoning part one. It's all about 600 plot lines. I started saying the sentence, it's all about, and realized I couldn't complete it because this is so many plot lines. This is a very difficult Lego set with a bit of connects thrown in there. That's yeah. what's happening right yeah. now. Yeah. Also, I would like to just let the listeners know that this is kind of the time around where Maddie messaged me. She's like, this show's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a really great season finale. I mean, we just watched The Hex Factor last week, which was a really excellent episode about Wanda Maximoff. Excellent. Excellent with an X, because that's every now and then how this show stylizes its titles. Uh, but not this time. It would be funny if it was like Day of Reckoning, but like with an X somehow, Day of Rexoning. <laughs> Um, day of Rexoning. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's not what they did. So the reason it's Day of Reckoning is because Bolivar Trask is suddenly here with like no introduction and Sentinels are a part of the show suddenly. But there's a whole bunch of other stuff we can talk about for previously on the X-Men that actually has been introduced in X-Men Evolution up to now. Okay, that's right. Previously on the X-Men, season two of X-Men Evolution is just like, mwah, so chef's kiss. It's been very good yes. start to finish with the exception of that weird Operation Rebirth episode that we still enjoyed. We did enjoy it. We don't even think it's a skip, but it didn't make any sense. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> and even the episodes that I enjoyed as a kid or didn't enjoy as much as a kid, I really enjoy this time around, like Joyride. Great mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. You know, I felt like the rel relatability of this season is really good. Mm -hmm. And that's the, OK. So recap the whole season, because it's important to also track where Mystique is. This is like the story of Mystique being like, fuck you, Magneto and Xavier. I'm going to fuck with everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what the revelation is going to be. But anyway, so <laughs> season two opened with a bunch of new mutants joining the school and they 
were brand new. It's like supposed to be the new mutants from the comic books, but it's kind of like a mishmash of some other characters as well. Like we got Iceman and Jubilee and Berserker there. They're mm-hmm. brand new to the new mutants. Yeah. And a lot of this season has gone on to sort of deal with the feelings that Scott and the girls and I say the girls because they had the Babel sirens kind yes. of discovering that they wanted to help people with their powers. But Xavier being like, no, if you come out of the closet, then I have to come out of the closet and we don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of pushback on Xavier in the season in general. Yeah. Tabitha, Tabitha's entire plot line, I would say, is about pushing back on Xavier, being yourself, uh, overcoming abuse, living by herself in the streets, working with the X-Men, working with the Brotherhood, and just highlighting the differences between the X-Men and the Brotherhood generally and uh, those different types of rebellion that the teenagers are engaging in in the show. That's correct. And Xavier sort of has had pushback from some of his own students like Cyclops and also like magma kind of I mean magma ran away and hung out with Tabitha for a little while I mean there's been a lot of different stuff happening magma and Iceman there's been a lot of focus on those two particular new mutants besides boom boom but she kind of lies left and done her own thing and magma is sort of figuring herself out she has her own self-doubts but then she kind of gains confidence in being gay when Jean and boom boom have a threesome with her Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) also Iceman throughout this entire season Starts off as sort of a background character, but somewhere halfway the season, he just becomes a main character. Like we've we've spent a lot of time with Iceman recently. Yeah, we have, and he's kind of a leader at various points in in the two part right. season finale. I think it's also probably worth mentioning um, Beast because Beast became a major character this season that is as true. well. He com- he transformed from being their teacher at the Babel High to revealing that he's also a big old homosexual, but. <laughs> His whole arc. He's closeted still, though, and he's really struggling. This whole, I mean, honestly, his arc has been the most interesting. Like him and Boom Boom have really interesting arcs on this show. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And Beast in this whole season has been like, I'm gay, but I don't want to come out. And so I'm going to try and suppress it with chemicals. And then it turns him into the Beast. And then he just goes crazy. Mm -hmm. And then he feels depressed and he's hiding inside the mansion. But he's learning how to be okay with himself because he's teaching these students, uh, particularly the new mutants, because... For some reason, Storm and Wolverine aren't doing it. They're just like not there. It opens up in season two, Wolverine being like, we're going to need some more teachers around because I'm going to not fucking be here. So, (laughs) yeah. And Xavier is also here um, being an asshole in the background, but like not really teaching that much. So luckily Beast is here to do it. So Beast is like teaching all the kids because nobody else is here. I think it's because they still have that problem where they didn't know what to do with Storm and Wolverine since they weren't teenagers. And they finally ran into the issue where they're like, huh? These stories don't work anymore. <laughs> and it's like, uh, yeah. yeah, it was never going to work. So like we're that. just going to write them out and like replace Wolverine's storylines with like various other teenage characters and basically replace Storm's storylines with like Magma and Jean and like these other female characters who are super powered and get to be the leaders right. of the team instead of Storm because she's not a teenager on this show. So she basically doesn't exist. Um, I'm thinking about whether there's any other major plot points that we need to talk about. Uh, So like sort of at the end of season one, Magneto disappeared because Asteroid M blew blew up or whatever. Because there was like the Super Saiyan ridiculousness happening. And Mystique also disappeared at the same time. Right. So the Brotherhood didn't know where Mystique was. And she's been gone. In the last episode, she showed up because she went to this insane asylum. It's literally like a classic insane asylum from Mm -hmm. like old horror movies and found Wanda (laughs) there where Magneto had, after abusing her, locked her up and called her crazy. Yep. And Pietro has responded to his abuse to Magneto by being like, I'm still going to try and please him all the time, even Mm -hmm. though 
I don't really like him, but I want him to still like me, which yeah. is important to these last two episodes of Day of Reckoning. It is, especially because we didn't know which side Pietro was going to take in the previous episode. It seemed like he was kind of on Mystique's side, but he seemed very hesitant about it. In the two-part season finale, he's going to betray everybody and reveal that he was Magneto's baby boy all along, which is all not a huge again. surprise, but is also depressing to see because obviously Magneto has been abusing both of his kids. Um, this is a sad version of Magneto who's just an asshole. I don't know. Other than Operation Rebirth where he was like kind of himself again. Oh yeah, that's important to mention. I guess Wolverine and Magneto know each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it important to mention because it's never going to come know. up again? Like I don't know. Also, because also it's Nightcrawler has sort of fully accepted that Mystique's his mom in this season. And yes, and he's got a little girlfriend, Amanda Sefton, who's going to make a very brief appearance in the finale. All the lead up, well, hold on, finishing the previous thought. Wanda's now hell-bent on trying to, like, kill Magneto for what he did to her. Valid. So that's happening in the background. And also, Magneto has been kind of, like, gone for most of the season. We saw him appear for, like, a hot second when he was, like, trying to fuck Warren in a church. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I already forgot about that. Yeah, yeah that was, Warren that was, a piece was also of this. here for one second. Yeah. Yeah, but then some important other pieces is that we have Mystique running around. After she disappeared, she's been posing as Rogue's best friend, Risty Wild. And yeah. so she's been in and out of the mansion, like fucking around with their stuff, breaking to Cerebro, trying to get all the intel from Rogue, also trying to get all the X-Men to date. Like Mystique's <laughs> been all over the place. She's trying to cut. Like, I think that's why she's trying to get them to date is that she's trying to like muck up what's going on over there. She's like, if I can have them super unfocused, then mm -hmm. that's going to work in my favor. True. So Mystique's been doing that. She just showed up brotherhood to the brotherhood house and everybody screamed because they were like surprised mystique came back and important pieces to also mention is that towards the end of the season had we watched it in the right air date there's a whole bunch of shit that they have trouble covering up you know we have we had the situation with wanda blowing up the mall and the babel sirens using their powers to take down criminals in the streets of the empty streets of bayville <laughs> yeah <laughs> And the prom. The prom where all the dinosaurs came out and nobody explained that to anybody. I know. And so I feel like if we had watched in the order of being like Bayville Sirens, the prom, and then Hex Factor in these two episodes, it makes a lot of sense as to why suddenly people are sort of looking into people with powers all of a sudden. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. people such as Bolivar Trask. I mean, I guess the one benefit of Operation Rebirth is that it introduced us to S.H.I.E.L.D., which is going to get name dropped in this episode as well uh, by Trask. Right. Um, so the fact that the government knows about people with superpowers, knows about mutants because they know about Logan, etc. But they're trying to hide it. Yeah. So all of that is important, though, because this two part season finale is when the world gets bigger. And right. uh, the government starts to matter and their intervention starts to matter in a way that it never previously did on this show. So that's kind of a huge deal because it's very X-Men TAS suddenly, um, as opposed to what it has been up to this point, which is just like a soap opera about high school students and their superpowers. That's true. And that's important to mention, too, because Gene and Duncan have been like on the outs in their relationship. Gene has not been as in control of her powers. Scott is fucking both Duncan and Gene. It doesn't know where he's going to land. Yeah, which is just a huge love triangle that's been ongoing. Uh yeah. So, I mean, like, it's just like all this stuff has been going on in the season. It's been very good. It's been very gay. I was thinking about it yesterday last night and i was kind of like this show really 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 has stuck out like it was the show that really helped me when i was both in the closet and out of the closet and i've seen that a similar thought pattern has been there for 
many of our listeners, because mm-hmm. if you are not on our Discord, go to themutantages.com and click on that little link on the right. Yeah, join the Discord. The Discord has been, it's been hopping. And I, whenever we drop an episode, I kind of get to see everybody's responses to it. And they talk about like how certain episodes really did help them like deal with their own queerness or if they Mm -hmm. were trans or gay, you know, whatever they felt, you know, and I I think that's important about this show. I have still been thinking about how touching that one episode is between Kurt and Amanda with the prom. Like that was genuinely a moving episode. I mean, X-Men Evolution has done some really interesting and careful plot lines that are respectful and not shitty in ways that you wouldn't expect a show to be in the early 2000s and that's just really cool like it's it's not to say that i didn't enjoy x-men tas but it was a pretty unsubtle show compared to this show right and so it's been really nice to watch a show that's just slightly more modern and also to go back and be like we watched this when we were in high school and it was probably pretty good for us to be watching it. I suppose like sometimes I watch stuff from when we were in high school. I'm like, wow, I was like injecting pure shit into my eyeballs and like <laughs> not knowing what I was watching. But this I watch it and I'm like, you know what? This is probably pretty good for me. You know, like this taught me yeah. some good lessons about like what kind of person I could be. And right. that's pretty cool. The X-Men has been very good for the queer metaphor. So definitely, I, I appreciate it. But let's talk about this episode now that we've recapped season two, which is also super gay so we start off with wolverine running through the sewers okay, this this whole thing okay like I, okay it's wolverine running through the sewers snarling because he's here you can you can explain what's happening and i'll tell you what my metaphor for this is okay so my what i was writing down was that i hope lady deathstrike doesn't show up because i kept thinking about that <laughs> where the sewers that okay you um parodied in the mutant ages the comic book where we were where wolverine was running through the sewers and i was like are you fucking kidding me like didn't we just do this on mutant ages the comic book <laughs> but anyway i'm sure that's not what you were gonna talk no, about she's not on this show she's i don't know how that would have worked out that's all from x-men tas go back listen to the archives of the mutant ages if you'd like to Anyway, Logan is snarling at the ceiling and then he like sees a shadow walking away and he's like, gotcha. And then we see (laughs) these special forces operators who are wearing like night vision goggles. Like they look like they're from Rainbow Six, basically. And they are all sneaking around in the sewers as well, watching Logan through night vision goggles and talking to each other on their walkie talkies. And they're like, this guy's a mutant. He seems to be chasing somebody. And then we see Bolivar Trask for the very first time, or we hear his voice at least. Um... And the only reason we know it's Trask is because uh, if you're watching Disney Plus with subtitles, as I always do, it will tell you it's Trask. And (laughs) he will be like, uh, Shadow Unit, take the lead. And like, he's ordering all of these Rainbow Six units around. And so then Logan is actually not tracking these soldiers. He's tracking. But he knows they're there. He knows they're there, but he's like ignoring them. And he's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Soldiers are following me. That's just my life. It's probably I don't just give Nick a Fury shit. again. It's probably yeah. Nick Fury trying to fuck me. That's not why I'm here. I'm here for fucking Sabretooth. Like, right. That is the big reveal is that the soldiers are like, okay, so this mutant knows we're tracking him, but he's completely ignoring us. He's pursuing his own quarry. He's chasing another mutant. And then it reveals Sabretooth is also in the tunnels and he and Logan are just there to fuck each other. Okay, so that's, this is, this is, okay, this whole thing. (laughs) 
Let me just let me tell you my theory. I okay. feel I got, I got such a heavy old school cruising vibe yes. from this, like gay cruising, like going Same. to a really weird, dark place. Like, I mean, I don't know if people cruised in the sewers. I know they cruise in the woods still because yes. like you'll run into it by accident sometimes. And you're like, oh, hey, absolutely. Yeah. Especially like older people. Right. I mean, it's still kind of how that scene operates. Yeah. And that's like, I don't care. I like I'm not one of those people that gives a shit about that because I'm like, if people who want to have sex in the woods straight or not, like yeah, it's I fine. don't care. You know, it's fine. It's, it, it, you're like not that's technically not public to me. But anyway, so like <laughs> yeah. I mean, sorry, no, I'm it's just not. You. I'm but, with you. I'm with you. But like, you know, this whole idea of like cruising gas stations and yep. like restrooms and stuff like that. Pool halls like Logan and Ange- Angel's wings going to the pool hall by himself. But then yeah. also sending in like these undercover cops to try and catch yes. them and arrest them for ludity. They they will send cops into the woods to pose as a gay man yep. to catch other men fucking. But they do not do this to go catch straight people in the woods having sex. It's targeted towards gay men because like they didn't have a place to sort of explore that before. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially back in the day when it was illegal, like cops would just waste so much time, quote unquote, pretending to be gay, which like, by the way, what kind of job is that? Like, think about that shit for a second. Like, really? You're spending hours and hours pretending to be gay as a cop and, like, cruising? Like, what do you mean, quote-unquote, pretending? Like, that is, yeah. like, one of those situations where, like, if you're a cop that's, like, undercover pretending to be gay... Yeah, like, but you're spending, like, six hours, like, going to a gay bar being like, I just have to go to a gay bar. Right, right. And then, like, but, like, it's their way of not dealing with their... I know, I know. It's really fucked up. It's really fucked up. I and mean, that is, like, absolutely the vibe I got from this. I know, but that was like a really common thing like a few decades ago. Like we It still is. It hasn't changed. Well, it's not illegal to be gay anymore, thank God. So like some things have changed. No, you're right. Um, but you are right that people can get busted for public nudity and, and so on and so forth, and that yeah. like, you know, gay people get harassed by the cops. Like all these things do still happen. But anyway, right. Logan and Sabretooth are fucking in the tunnels. Uh, there's a bunch of metal music playing. These are the important notes that I write down. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. But and okay. then Magneto's signature magnetism noise uh, sings out wah, into the wah, air. Wah, and wah. Okay, we don't see him at all during this. I know we don't see him, but we know he's there. So then a gate crashes between Logan and Sabretooth and the gate like folds itself over Logan like a cage because Magneto is basically imprisoning Logan here sexually. Yeah, he's just a rat in the cage. Yeah, <laughs> despite all of his rage. Despite all his rage, he's still just a rat in a cage. Yeah, um, and the, a couple soldiers are watching this voyeuristically and they're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, what's this metal cage? They're like, that's the mutant and that's a mutant but that must be another mutant and they're like sitting there like getting ready to like attack them and take them down but they're also like kind of watching it's i don't so know weird okay it also tracks with my theory still with like the undercover cop thing where it's oh, like yeah. okay but like you're also participating in this you know what i mean i know and i feel like that is trask's vibe as well because like so it turns out that trask is inside of this weird like spherical drone that he's just flying around in the sewers by the way and like staring at people and like watching mutants fuck i don't know he's like having a modok moment here i don't know what he's doing this drone flies in and starts blasting a bunch of lights in logan's face and then shooting at him and then we get to see a cutaway to the intro to the show and then when we come back logan has been encased in this weird substance that looks like a bunch of toad jizz but it's actually not toad's jizz it's like green cum that also turns into hard cum instantly yeah so it's green cum that comes out of trask's uh drone thing that he's flying in 
and it incapacitates Logan. And this matters because this green cum is going to come back up later in the rest of the two-parter. So it's like this weird magical jizz that basically Logan is stuck in there. It's basically like amber for dinosaurs. That's what it is. Yeah, kind of. Yes. It's like fast acting amber that encases Logan. And so Sabretooth gets away from here. I guess they just let him go. Like, I sort of wondered at first if Magneto and Trask were working together in some type of way, but I don't think they are. I think Magneto just knows what's going on with Trask, but isn't actually actively working with him. He's just aware of it. Not that we know that yet. Yeah, I don't really even know. Like, it just happens to be that Sabretooth gets away and Logan doesn't. Yes. And so then the drone descends towards Logan. I'm calling it a drone, but it's actually really big because it like opens up and Trask hops out of it and reveals that he's Bolivar Trask. Okay, but see, I also thought it was a small drone at first, but then like, then like it changed perspective and the drone was suddenly like human sized and I was like wait what (laughs) (laughs) okay I watched it twice because I was like I thought this was a tiny drone and then suddenly it opens up and like a human man walks out of it and I was like it's Baxter Stockman all right anyway yeah so then Trask looks really serious and he's like looking at Logan encased in the hardening cum and a soldier runs up to them and is like Dr. Trask we lost the other mutant some kind of magnetic interference and Trask is like yeah I don't give a shit this is the mutant that I want let's get him to the facility I think they were specifically tracking Logan because he can heal and they're like we can fuck around with this guy for hours and nothing will happen in terms of mutants to kidnap for precisely what trask wants which is experiments with his sentinels logan's a pretty good guy to kidnap like he can fight a sentinel for a long fucking time and he can heal i know yeah so then we cut over to the x mansion and gina's on cerebro and she starts screaming because she's like she can't find logan or Sabretooth. which honestly I don't know why. It's not explained to me. I think because she's just not good enough at using her powers yet. And she is. She So this is interesting. And I feel like at this point, we may as well go ahead and reveal the most important spoiler here, because like it's going to be impossible for us to fucking talk about. We tried to walk around it the last episode. Okay, so basically. I don't even know why. We may as well have not. But whatever. It's fine. (laughs) At the very beginning of Hex Factor, when Mystique walks back into the the mental institution she's like i have to take care of something and she turns into a security guard that something is that she goes in and takes out professor xavier and then poses as him only she killed him if only she killed him. i know we don't we (laughs) don't get a revelation on to what she did with him until like episode like three or i think whatever sadly he's not dead spoilers no and it's like all part of her sort of bigger plan here. I mean, she's been posing as Risty One. Incredible plan, by the way. Incredible plan. She's not going to reveal all of it until the next season, honestly, but she does get some of it here. So I love it. Okay, so that explains basically everything that we've seen so far because like at the end of Hex Factor where Xavier wasn't helping the kids and like basically set them up in the mall and was like, go fight the Brotherhood. Um, Don't ask me why. I'm just going to be waiting in the parking lot mysteriously and seeing what you do is because he was actually mystique the entire time, which makes a ton more sense. Yeah, it does. And also he has that line when they all are defeated and Xavier's like, defeat is something that you need to like actually experience once in a while. And clearly you need it that very mystique Xavier wouldn't say that I I just don't think he would and also Xavier wouldn't have set them up in that type of way but also just the way that mystique talks is very I mean it's hard to explain but she has this very formal 
beautiful way of speaking that they basically wrote Xavier to have that line. You know, it's really interesting about X-Men Evolution is that it's similar to the movies where like all the other actors who get to play Mystique, you know, in shape-shifting form, they will like change the way that they talk a little bit, which I think is really cool. Yes, yes. And they do that here too, I think. Like Mystique just has this certain formal way of speaking. And when she gets angry, it's different from how Xavier gets angry. Yeah, it, it and I think that's really important. And then also, whenever Mystique is posed to somebody else, like he does it as, she does it as, well, I guess he, she, it is Mystique, but yeah. she could be whatever gender she wants to be. Mm-hmm. But when Mystique is posing to Xavier, she still does say things like, good girl, yes. that kind of stuff. Like She's still a mommy dom. I mean, she's still Mystique, you know? I don't know. I think like Mystique <laughs> is a really fun character to I write love- for it. I I love her. They can do so much with her, and I'm excited to see her beam Sharon Carter in the MCU. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if only, right? But anyway, the reason why all of that matters is because... Xavier in this version is Mystique. So he doesn't actually have psychic powers right now. So he is trying to get around using his psychic powers for like the next two entire episodes because he's trying to not have anybody figure it out. So he is forcing Jean to use Cerebro, even though she's not, she doesn't really know how to use it. She can't really control her powers yet because she's like 15 years old or whatever. And so Xavier's sitting next to Jean and Jean can't find Wolverine. And Saber keeps being like, keep trying. He's got to be there. And Jean's like, no, he's disappeared. And Sabretooth is gone as well. And Jean is like typing on Cerebro's keyboard. And she's just like, I can't fucking find them. Xavier smashes his fist in the control panel angrily. And he's like, without Sabretooth, we'll never find Magneto. Because obviously this is Mystique like losing her shit a little bit. Right. And Jean is like, I'm sorry, Professor. I told you I wasn't ready for this. I mean, after only four sessions, I shouldn't even. And then she like angrily rips off the helmet and stands up like, why am I fucking doing this? Yeah. And then Xavier like quickly capitulates and is like, Gene, it's not your fault. Something unforeseen must have happened. Now we just have to figure out what that was. And so he starts typing on Cerebro as well. And Gene just kind of sits down silently next to him like, okay. And it's just interesting because I feel like even if you were a viewer who didn't know that this was Mystique, you would probably still be suspicious and be like, why isn't Xavier using Cerebro right now? You know what I mean? I mean, that's also true. What's happening? But also like him being angry and like sort of malicious towards his kids, though, is still kind of Xavier. So it's hard to tell. It is hard to tell, but it's also like just slightly different. Like Xavier is usually more passive aggressive when he's angry and like punishes people in a different way. Whereas Mystique is much more on her face about her emotions and like, throws a little tantrum which is which is really funny because like she shapeshifts you know what i mean yeah i know it's interesting but then we cut away to beast in the sewers and my first reaction is like oh my god is beast also looking for a hookup (laughs) Kind of. but then but not really because then like storm is also here and i'm like oh she's back they're both looking for their shared boyfriend wolverine which you can't blame them they logan is constantly fucking missing yeah um, he well i mean that is logan i honestly he's not very reliable as a teacher but whatever he's so, not reliable as a teacher or a boyfriend like he's terrible at both of them on this show well he's like he's good at it if it's saber too that's a great point so anyway they are looking for clues and they can't find anything they come to this conclusion that logan can't be taken out without something getting diced up they're like okay yeah. it actually 
it seems like everything's attacked here, so that's not normal. So Storm creates like a shit tornado. Yeah. <laughs> like she yeah, takes like all the sewer, gets rid of all the sewer sewage, basically, yeah. uh, using a tornado. And then once all the water is is gone away, B sees this metal grate on the ground that was what encased Wolverine, and it's been like completely destroyed because Wolverine smashed out of it. And B's picks it up. And he's like, very clean, very recent. That's our boy. And Storm is like, yes, look how unnaturally it's been twisted and bent. I've seen this before. And Beast is like, Magneto. And it's like, yeah, fucking Dodoy. Magneto (laughs) was involved here. But they think that Magneto kidnapped Logan, which actually isn't accurate. But you can't really blame them for thinking this because Magneto was there. And, uh, and also throughout this whole episode, the next two episodes, Sabretooth keeps up being like, yeah, we took him. And it's like, I don't know why Sabretooth is even saying that. He like just keeps on like making like assumption that he does have Logan for some reason. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, it's kind of like Magneto just wants to distract them from figuring out who Trask is briefly, which why does Sabretooth still work for Magneto? I don't know. Now, So now there's an owl in the city flying around and i'm like this has got to be mystique the owl lands in mystique's room it turns out to be mystique i also like the touch that mystique's room is totally trash from boom boom like there's a hole in the wall and shit i love it because it it was blown up in the previous episode um so then downstairs fred and pietro are playing cards there's a slice of pizza stuck to the ceiling lance causes a little earthquake to like make it fall on fred's head of course fred eats it anyway because it's fred oh my god i hated that but also then i was like why is there pizza in the, on the ceiling? Like, I know, I, know. I, I hated the fat trope here, but then also they're like, there's pizza on the ceiling. I'm like, I don't know. We did stupid shit as teenagers, but we never managed to throw the pizza so hard up in the air that it got stuck in the ceiling and then stay there. I know. I mean, I don't like the fact that Fred eats the pizza, but I did like all the animation here because it's like just this quiet scene where the boys are hanging out, like in this completely trashed place, like playing cards. Meanwhile, Toad is in the background sitting on a beanbag chair, flipping through channels, just going, see, Seen it, seen it, hate it, hate it even more, seen it. And like, I thought that was really funny. I just liked the energy of this scene where like, they're just killing time doing absolutely jack shit. Yeah. I mean, they're just hanging out like in the way that like people do. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like teenage boys, whether they hang out, sometimes they'll play games together. Sometimes they're just like hanging out and not really talking to each other. It has a good teenage vibe. And then Mystique walks in and she just goes, well, I see you're all hard at work building a brighter tomorrow, which is hilarious because they're again doing jack shit. I know, and Quicksilver's like, well, there's nothing to fucking even do. Like, yeah. what do you want? And Mystique is like, on the contrary, it appears our friend Magneto is up to something quite significant. And Wanda overhears this, and she walks into the doorway looking kind of curious, and Mystique is like, that's right, Wanda, your loving father has made a bold move. He abducted Wolverine, and everybody gasps dramatically, and Lance is like, why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> and Mystique is like, why indeed? Pietro, he's your father too. Perhaps you can enlighten us. And Pietro's like, I don't fucking know. I'm not keeping track of that asshole (laughs) and mystique is like okay this is pretty fucked up though because he might have a larger strategy and now i have to make my move and everybody looks kind of freaked out like what is mystique's move here but we don't know yet yeah she's she basically is like i will get to the bottom of it i've been forced my hand because she thinks that magneto took him but that's not what happened yeah so it's really interesting everybody thinks that at least for now because nobody knows bolivar trask even 
exists other than Logan, who's been kidnapped by him. Right. But, yeah. But now we go to the X mansion in the danger room and the danger room opens up and Rogue is covered in like paintball paint. And Roberto and like a bunch of other new mutants are all covered in paintball paint. And Rogue's pissed. She's like standing there. She's like, and Rogue's really good. She's arguably probably one of the better X-Men on the team because she can flip around and shit without using her power. You know what I'm saying? Like she always manages to like get around. Yeah. Like she can fight, she can flip around, but then also she has superpowers that are incredible. Yeah. And she comes out and she's like, how the fuck am I supposed to survive that? Like, she's like, that's not even like a simulation. Anyone can survive. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I don't know. It goes inside. And it's a really long scene that doesn't need a whole lot of description to it. But basically, like, they're in this like weird cliffside. It kind of looks a He-Man set. It really looks like He-Man. And they're being chased by these drones that shoot paintballs at them. Mm -hmm. And they are also trying to spot Magneto. Like, that's a whole thing. And, we have Xavier screaming at them from the war room with the machine. I don't even know what the fuck it is. Yeah, like the control panel, basically, the control room. Um, and so the few mutants who are remaining in there are like Scott, Gene, Kitty, Evan, and Magma is in there. And Kurt. And Kurt, right. And so Kurt uh, gets shot by a paintball in order to save Magma. And then Magma survives for the moment. By falling down a ravine. Where Scott and Gene and Kitty and Evan are standing around. And Scott is like, what the fuck is going on? And Evan is like, how can one drone tag so many kids? And then like Magma mixes up the metric system <laughs> with <laughs> American <laughs> measurements. And it doesn't really matter. But like all the kids are kind of doing a bad job because they're overwhelmed by all of these paintball drones. Also, it's like they're not very well trained by Xavier turns out yeah they're not but also like they're up against something that's too difficult for them and meanwhile Xavier's screaming at them Magneto won't be sitting around waiting for you to decide tactics make a move or relinquish command to Gene which I liked this by the way that like Mystique Xavier was basically like why is Scott in charge (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean yeah she spends most of this time being like Gene Get on Cerebro. Gene, lead the team. And yeah. Gene's like, uh, okay. And <laughs> Gene is like shocked because Xavier ordinarily undermines her constantly. Um, so then right. they all surround this like holographic Magneto. And then it turns out that that Magneto is just a bomb that explodes. And like, like it's an actual bomb. It's not even like a fake bomb. It, like it's this huge bomb explodes. And everyone's like, what the shit? Like Evan kicks a rock at it and it knocks off Magneto's helmet. He sees that it's a bomb and he's like, what the motherfucking shit is this? And like <laughs> yeah, everybody and so just screams and runs away. All the kids like leap out of the way and manage to survive the bomb, but then a bunch of drones show up with more paintballs. Everybody gets hit, and then Xavier's like, I want to see you all in the planning room now. And then they yeah. cut over to that. I wish there was a line here that they didn't do where they didn't give it to Rogue because Rogue comes out and she's like, how the fuck are we supposed to survive this? I think she does say something like, this is unusual for Xavier or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. But like, I really wish they had said something where she would have been like, honestly, I haven't dealt with these kinds of like tactics in a while. Like, you know what I mean? Like this seems familiar to me. Because Rogue is used to the way that Mystique pushes her really hard, but not everybody else would be used to that. Yeah. I feel like they don't want to reveal what's really going on and having a line like that would be too much of a clue. No, you're right. You're right. So Xavier's glaring at all the kids and he's like, you rushed him. Like you were going to take Magneto by surprise. And Scott is like, like, professor. (laughs) Like He immediately starts whining. It's like actually kind of annoying, but whatever. It is. And Xavier's like, Magneto's always two steps ahead, Scott. You'll never take him by surprise 
ever. And Scott is like, excuse me, professor, but what's going on? You've never driven us this hard. Yeah. And Xavier's like, I had to see, I had to confirm my fears. It's clear. None of you are ready to face Magneto. You couldn't even take care of the brotherhood and you newer students with your inexperience, you jeopardize the mission. I can't risk using you. As for the rest, I'm left with the need to bolster your ranks. Therefore, I'd like you to welcome your new teammates. And then he like opens a door and dramatically reveals the entire Brotherhood standing there in their costumes, like just waiting. And they walk in. And so then after a dramatic commercial break, Kurt is like, you want us to work with them? And Rogue's like, this is a joke, right? And then Pietro like rushes over and is like, hey, we won. You lost. Get over it. He's like, starts slapping Scott's ass. I don't even know. Yeah. And like rushes away before Kitty can bitch slap him, basically. Yeah. And Xavier's like, whatever. Despite your personal feelings, we are facing tremendous odds against Magneto. So we need to be a stronger team. Which honestly, I mean, yeah. Why did it take this long for Mystique to be like, maybe we should just make them work together? Like, what? yeah, like the more mutants we have, the better off we're going to be. Like if we have 14 mutants, we're going to do a better job than if we have like two. Yeah. I I mean, they do all need to work together. That's like their main failing is that they don't really like each other. But that, okay, but here's the thing is they don't like each other because that's a clear divide that Xavier drew between all of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they then started hating each other because Xavier's like, well, these people are lost causes, so you should make sure you don't like them or hang out or associate with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, all the Brotherhood and X-Men have to like flirt with each other and also be mad at each other. Like at one point, Lance gets in Cyclops's face here and is like wagging his finger at him. And he's like, you people could use a new team later. I, okay, wait, wait, wait. But that was like really funny. He like walks over and he's got his hands on his hips and he struts on over. And he's like, you guys need a new team leader. And Cy- Cyclops is like, yeah, I'm not fucking you right now like i quit well a cyclops is way more dramatic he's like you can have the job i quit <laughs> and then he like storms out and gene's like scott and xavier's like gene just let him go he's dumb and then gene's like let him go professor and xavier's like time is of the essence right now we need to keep training while you resume your efforts on cerebro and it's like okay but it is really funny i really like that like strut that Ava- avalanche does it really is super, super flamboyant, and I loved I every second of it. I know, but for the moment, Scott has quit the team and isn't willing yes. to work with anybody, and Gene keeps getting forced into using Cerebro. Uh, so everything's very mysterious and suspicious, and obviously some shit is going down. So then we cut back to Wolverine, who's in an armed security van, like driving to a warehouse with Trask. Right garage door opens a couple of guys drag wolverine out of the van he's wearing he's in bondage yeah it's all very sexy yeah they, they've put belladonna's electric cock ring on him now so yeah and so trask walks up and like presses a button on a remote to electrocute wolverine so that he obeys his every move i mean logan logan started to go crazy and then he pushes it but the way we phrased it, it sounded like trask just walked over and saw wolverine standing there as a <laughs> yeah you're right i shouldn't have skipped that part the reason why logan got electric was because he was fighting back but also he like kind of wanted it because this is a fan fiction written by trash i mean it is a, it is though because then they go on this like weird streets of rage elevator where i expect all these guys to just be dropping from the ceiling to fight him but like it's not logan then gets on his knees and it's like it's very sexual i was like why is logan on his knees like right in front of trash's cock like what is happening here yeah and so logan is like uh this isn't magneto's hideout looks more like shield and trash is like shield has nothing to do with this i severed my connection with that short 
short-sighted government agency long ago, but I was there long enough to learn about mutant scum like you, which like, okay. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like Trask discovers there's a bunch of gay people. And cause then Logan's like, oh great, a homophobe. Cool, cool, cool. What did gays do to you? <laughs> yeah. And Trask and Trask doesn't answer. He's like, and like, I don't know. It's because Trask is already probably gay. Okay. What the actual answer is in the comic books is that Trask like has mutant children and he mm-hmm. like fl- his he has the William Stryker movie from X-Men 2. Yeah. And, but for some reason in X-Men 2 they were like what if we just like combine all these characters and do something far more stupid. <laughs> and so Trask is like you're a threat, you're a menace, you poison our gene pool and upset the natural balance of power. Like he's terrified of mutants basically. Right. And Logan is like we're not all the same first of all. Some of us fight the good fight. Also like not all of us upset the natural balance of power. Like what the fuck does that even okay, mean? Okay but also like yeah like honestly say that again was a very like queer coded message there where it's like white straight men that are like gay men are going to like they are going to ruin everything you're upsetting the natural order like men are supposed to be superior and rule over women and if you're doing anything outside of gender roles you are fucking up society i mean that's that's (laughs) what i got there i was like what the fuck so anyway yeah and so trask is like yeah well humans get caught in the crossfire someone has to ensure the survival of our species before it's too late that's why I'm leveling the playing field. And Logan is like, yeah, what do you think you're going to do? And Trask goes, ah, skepticism. Good. We'll see how long that lasts after you've assisted me in a little experiment. And then we like see a sentinel's eyes glowing. Okay. That, that's like the gayest way he could be answered. Ended that conversation. He's like, after we do some experimentation with each other, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, okay. It's like, and also like Trask has such a weird comment here where he's like, we get, we get caught in the crossfire. And it's like, um, Trask, did you have like a gay experience and you didn't like want to like admit that you liked it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot more sense if, well, I feel like typically Trask is like weirdly obsessed with mutants. Like he's just like a little too obsessed. I mean, I don't know. It, It definitely mimics not necessarily like people who are secretly gay, but like just the way that sometimes bigots can get so obsessed with a certain thing that it's weird. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it, but I like mean, you're it just right. reminds I, I, me of that. There's a lot going on on Trask in this. So that could be it also, you know, it, it could be any of the things we just listed. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to Cerebro and Xavier's checking on Jean and it, the whole scene is just her being like, I picked up Logan's healing factor. Yeah, like finally, she finally found it. Then we cut to the Brotherhood getting onto the X-Jet and Beast is flying with Kitty as the co-pilot, except the rest of the, the X-Jet is the Brotherhood members. And Beast does his little pre-flight checklist. And then we see, this is probably the closest to the reveal of what's going on, although it doesn't fully show us everything. We just see Mystique in a control room in the X mansion and it's like actual mystique blue mystique right and she hits some buttons and then it says defcon 4 active countdown and we have seen defcon 4 before in the past we saw it in the arcade episode which was a surprisingly important episode to the plot considering that at the time it just seemed silly yeah but then mystique turns around and walks away now she obviously knows everything about how the X mansion works and that she can turn it into like a bomb essentially well she we, we don't know that yeah we just think that defcon 4 is like shutting down the mansion and locking it down Mm-hmm. And so then we cut to the X-Men and the X-Copter, the helicopter, and we see Xavier rolling in. And this is like, again, we haven't seen Mystique turn into Xavier, but I would say this is pretty close to reveal that Mystique is Xavier. Right, because like, it's like one scene as Mystique and then Xavier gets into the jet with Aurora. Yeah. And Aurora's like, are we all set? And Xavier's like, yep, let's prepare to leave. And Storm's like, well, what about Scott? And Xavier's like, ugh. 
well, he hasn't shown up yet. We will leave without him. And then yeah. Aurora's like, this is a mistake, Charles. We need him. And that's I, that's actually when Xavier like kind of like does the mystique thing where she's like, oh, I have to like appease her right now. She does scoff. Like Xavier scoffs. He kind of goes, okay, you know as well as I do that if his confidence isn't with him, then he is a danger to the team. Now let's fucking go. Like, it's really funny because it's like mystique posing as somebody and she's like, Oh my God, can we just fucking go? And yeah. like, she's like, I hate being Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's hilarious. And so then Xavier and Beast take off their respective vehicles. The engines power up, the tennis courts open up, everything takes off. Meanwhile, Magma's in the background running after the helicopter, yelling, Wait, but she doesn't get to go because she's a new mutant. And Mystique had decided that all the new mutants weren't qualified to go along. Right. Which is sort right. of important because they're all going to be left behind. So then back at the X Mansion, the control panel starts doing its thing. All the guns start popping out. The X Mansion starts locking itself down. All the metal starts going over okay, the windows. This is actually like way crazier than we've seen it before. Like, there's all the guns start appearing all over the yard. We're like, oh, that's right. There's Xavier and his guns. But then there's like each room in the mansion also like reveals has that guns. there's 50 guns in it. And I was like, I was like, why does Xavier own so many guns? Like, so many guns. I was like, like sure one or two i could understand that somebody owning like one or two guns fine but like he literally has 50 guns in every single room it, like what is the purpose of having guns inside the house that he's supposed to be safe in like what's his plan is that supposed to be defense for the house because really it's just like oh by the way any of you could die while you're sleeping if this gun goes off you know it's like what is he doing with this shit I don't know because all the guns obviously start attacking the new mutants who are stuck inside the mansion and it's like this already happened like you would think that after the arcade episode Xavier would be like maybe I need to rethink the way security works in the mansion and like reprogram I mean, I, this I mean maybe but I think he's like secretly had that all along like umbrella corporation style where you go into any room in resident evil and there's like just guns coming out of the walls and like other stupid shit and then like wesker screaming ha i've got you now chris like you know all that shit yeah it's just absurd because there's guns outside the mansion all over the lawn but then there's also inside there's guns there's guns just like flying through the air the car turns into a gun <laughs> the you know fountain turns into a gun mystique turns into a gun yeah yeah anyway so then cannibal and bobby leave their room together which is like really funny because i'm like were they blowing each other i hope so they were and they see they have the, ex the expansion is shutting down bobby sees that all the guns are going off and bobby's like why are there guns everywhere he's like he actually does say something about that he's like what the fuck is going on yeah and then magma walks out and he like goes to grab her and be like yo get the fuck out of the way bobby and cannibal are like come on let's go upstairs there's a safe place up here so bobby's like leading that way and magma turns around and she sees that that door is closing like the metal doors are going over the front doors and she starts running for it and then Cannonball also turns around and is like, oh shit, maybe she can escape. And he hits the wall, but she narrowly gets through the the little opening. Yeah, so Magma is stuck outside of the mansion by herself. Cannonball's trying to smash through the door still, but he can't get out. Meanwhile, Boom Boom pulls up in her Jeep, which, hell yes, by the way. Wait, did she like leave the Brotherhood and also just take Lance's Jeep with her? Because that's amazing. It is amazing, and she's probably living in that Jeep now, so like, probably. it's hers as far as we're concerned. So she's outside the gate, she sees all the guns, and she's screaming Amara, and Amara turns around dramatically, sees all the guns, we get another dramatic commercial break, 
And then we come back. Amara runs down the front steps through the lawn, manages to dodge everything. Boom Boom throws a bomb. There's like a thousand guns shooting at her. And Boom Boom's like, oh, fuck this. Like, she blows up the gates. She flies in there because Amara like only makes a a quarter across the yard of this like gunfire. Tabitha picks her up. Uh, We get to see a shot of Amara putting on her seatbelt because safety first. (laughs) Oh, my God. I thought that was really funny. But also this whole scene is one of my favorites because Boom Boom saving Amara is like, perfect in every way right and so then boom boom looks at the guns she throws bombs at all the guns like she's like what the fuck is this let's go and they speed the fuck out of there so meanwhile scott is at makeout point all by himself in his convertible just moping alone jerking off and crying yeah magma and boom boom pull up next to him and they're like hey Where the fuck were you? Magma's also, Boom like, Boom honks like a thousand times in classic Boom Boom fashion. I had to mention that. Yeah. Like Boom Boom cannot drive a car without honking the horn repeatedly. It's pretty funny. And Tabitha's like, the mansion's gone nuts. It's locked up tight and there's weapons firing everywhere. And Scott is like, DEFCON 4, because he's seen this before. So right. then he drives the two of them off in his car. And Tabitha explains the situation to Scott. And we sort of like come in on the middle of this scene. Right. And she's like, I don't know what happened. I was on my way to the mansion to talk to Professor X about Mystique. And Scott's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Tabitha's <laughs> like, she's running the show again. She's the reason Lance and the brainless boys attacked you guys at the mall. And Scott's like, that was her. Wait, this isn't adding up. Mystique's back, but the Brotherhood is helping us. And now the Institute suddenly goes into DEFCON 4. There's something very wrong here, which like this right. is the start of Scott figuring out that Xavier is actually Mystique, but it's going to take him 10 more years to figure it out fully. Well, I mean, he's got, he's got to save all the kids first, but first we got to go over to Trask who there's like, okay, this is like a really, really long scene that doesn't have a lot of detail to it, but basically Trask is making Wolverine walk into this big room. He's chained up. They release the chains and Trask is like, I have some research to do. I've created a prototype against mutant kind, the guardian of the human race, the Sentinel. And then there's like this really long scene where the Sentinel scans Logan and it detects that he's a mutant and starts shooting these like death lasers at him. Mm-hmm. Logan's diving out of the way, but it keeps on like fucking him up because this is like a horrible, this, this machine is shooting actual Iron Man lasers. It's like full on plasma bass at Logan's face. Yeah. And Logan's like, trying to escape he's barely doing it by the way he's like he's like really like having a tough time and logan sees this crane that he like cuts in half so it comes down he rides the cable from the crane onto the sentinel and starts like slashing at the sentinel the sentinel just flicks him off like he's a little bug then logan tries to climb out of there because he's like fuck i gotta get the fuck out of here but then the sentinel reveals that it has like these missiles these homie missiles that go on and shoot wolverine and like blow him up and essentially kill him like logan i just assume logan actually dies here and then his healing factor kicks in yeah i think you're right but i also think this scene cuts away before we see logan die because it cuts back to scott but you are right that like by the end of the episode logan is gonna die doesn't trask say something about like we're gonna run some tests on him now and the sentinel yeah that's at the very very end um okay okay. we get to go back to scott for a second but you're right like there's this this really long fight scene between logan and the sentinel just keeps getting cut back to throughout the end of the episode and right. all we really need to know is that Logan is way out of his depth against the Sentinel and that Bolivar Trask is suddenly a huge threat against mutants and actually pretty terrifying, like just straight up scary as hell. Yeah, because if Logan can't take him down, it's like, uh, well, what the fuck then? Yeah, especially since, again, this is a completely new type of threat that the mutants haven't had to face off against before, where it's like, this is a guy with a ton of funding from mysterious sources. We don't really know what's happening here. Like, apparently he's not with 
shield right. is he with his own government agency like we don't actually know and that's really scary and we also like watched x-men the animated series and that was the opening of season one was yep. oliver trask creating these sentinels that he got funding from the government to do and yeah. then the president found out what was happening with that funding and she was like what the fuck is this no yeah i'm shutting this down and then he's like i'm still gonna run this program anyway like so i assume it has to be something like that yeah where like government money is just kind of being moved around and like hidden and trask is using all of that funding in order to order his soldiers around and like create these secret robots to kill people which is really fucked up and also like a thing that can happen because government bureaucracy is big enough that you can just do weird shit right and it's it's incredibly fucked up and so like that is assuming what's happening here but let's pull away from that for a second because scott pulls up to the back of the x-mansion where that waterfall is the famous waterfall for the x-mansion where the jet always comes out mm-hmm. and he opens i love this scene where he opens up his glove compartment and his visor's just in there it's the only thing in his glove compartment by the way and i'm like i know honestly it's funny to me but also smart you know it is it is and so then tabitha looks up at the waterfall and she's like are you fucking kidding me and and scott is like trust me it's the only way in and then we go back inside the x mansion for a second cannonball's still trying to smash into the front door and it still isn't working bobby's like real smooth then there's more guns okay even more guns appear in the room and it was that's when i was like screaming i was like what the fuck xavier why do you have three thousand guns then defcon 4 goes into self-destruct mode and it's like in 10 minutes the mansion's gonna blow up and i'm like this is very resident evil (laughs) it is it's very metroid it's very resident evil it's like what the fuck is happening why do they have to escape in the next 10 minutes and then on top of this all this it suddenly cuts to like a bunch of magnetos floating orbs from the hunger games flying around (laughs) it just lands on the docks and we get these like Dramatic reveals of Sabretooth, Gambit, Gambit, Pyro, and Colossus. Fucking Gambit and Colossus and Pyro are suddenly on this show. (laughs) But like, this is also where the episode ends. By the way, everyone that was curious about why Colossus is working for Magneto, there's a later episode where Colossus is like, I can't work from him. I'm forced to. And I I absolutely think that was going to lead to the tie in with Ileana coming to the new mutants. Yes. So, yeah, I think you're right as well. But I mean, of course, the show ended before they could do all of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, Pyro's just here because he's Pyro and Gambit's probably just getting paid. Well, Pyro's gay and Pyro's flamboyant and Pyro just wants to hang out with Magneto and like be his butt boy a little bit. Can we talk about Gambit for a second? Like he has a little like soul patch like he has. Well, it's like coming hot off the 90s, so I I don't know. It was fine with me. I loved it, but also, like, he's super skinny. Like, it's just funny how standards of attractiveness vary according to what era we're in. You know what I mean? But also, like, he's skinny, like, in a teenage boy way. Like, he's supposed to be pegged as, like, 20 or something. He's he's, I I mean, like, 19. Like, who knows? He's supposed to be able to flirt with Rogue and not have it be that weird. So, like, if he's 19 and she's 16, then, like, it's fine. You know what I mean? Also, in these two episodes, his eyes are like white and black but then after that it changes to black and red so Mm -hmm. at some point they fix that they just kind of forgot about it in this episode and like animated him wrong don't worry about it anyway wait but then a giant ball like lands in between them like final fantasy style and then like dramatically the ball opens with the dramatic music and magneto comes out his his cape is billowing behind him and then they all just kind of pose even though there's nobody there's nobody there. there There's nobody there to see them, so they're just practicing their poses and like doing their musical theater. It is shit. like it reminded me so much of like 
Yuna, Pain, and Riku when they just keep on posing, but like it's at, after they killed everyone. S-R-P. I know. RP. Yuri Pa. Anyway, okay. So anyway, it finally ends with Logan being picked up by the Sentinel, and it goes into termination mode. Yeah, that's the dramatic final shot. Yeah, that's it. That's the end of the episode. Like so much happens, and like that last two minutes, it's like, wait, what is happening? We just had like a whirlwind. Rip wind, tide wind, rip tide. <laughs> like we were throwing everywhere. I know. Uh, but it's not bad. It's good. It's good. It's I loved I, it. I loved it. I mean, thank goodness they aired these two episodes together because they just set up like six thousand plot lines in the first half, and they're somehow going to remember to do all of them, tie all of them up in the second half, which like good i guess because this is absurd like you really don't need this many villains in a season finale normally like you don't need ball no. over trask and a completely entire other brotherhood like magneto right. apparently went out and recruited like four other people i mean okay he already right. used Sabretooth, but like he just found three other guys because he's like mad that mystique got the rest of the brotherhood to be on her side and he's like fine forget them i don't give a shit anymore i'm gonna find a yeah. bunch of other random guys like what what magneto what are you doing so i guess we have to try and rate this episode uh i'll give it a five i don't know i loved it i give it a five <laughs> out of five I, f- I mean there's only two episodes that were weak in this whole season and that was the operation rebirth which we liked so that's arguably not even the bad episode and then the weird storm racist one yeah african storm was bad and totally a skip like you could just easily skip that one yeah but the rest of it is like all really important and i i, I think this is really awesome because we're starting to see how this entire season is tying up together in a way that the last season didn't do it was just kind of like okay boom we're here here's magneto this has dropped all sorts of different plot points that are getting picked up and honestly even at the end of this episode it's like oh shit there has been a lot of stuff going on and the next four or five episodes are like this where it's like yeah we dropped a lot of stuff in season two that like we're gonna start picking up all over the place but it's not gonna be resolved quickly and i think that is admirable that they do this with the kids show and with Wolverine and the X-Men, they absolutely try and do the same thing where they're like, okay, we got like 26 episodes. We're going to do a bunch of overarching plot lines that connect together. But it was like absolutely too complicated, sort of in the way that House of X and Powers of X were also kind of a little too complicated. Mm-hmm. And this show did it in a way that like was smart and simple in a lot of ways and let us spend time building on these plots and characters. And it all like kind of leads up to this this particular episode like we call them filler episodes like joyride and stuff but no those were all really important episodes as to like why lance and mystique are where they're at right now or even like all the stuff that we did with, with boom boom the Bayville sirens it's like okay but like it led to magma becoming like a formidable character to have on the show for this episode where she is the only one who escapes and bobby is the one who is like taking charge now you know like so this episode did a really good job of bringing all that together and be like no 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 we're like putting things down and now we're picking them up we're here so yeah yeah i totally agree and it also feels to me like because all these previous episodes moved slowly enough and introduced all those different character elements it's now possible to suddenly have like five new characters in this episode and it doesn't feel overwhelming like it just feels exciting no it doesn't like i mean that's actually really really cool i mean we literally spent time with every character on this show today which is wild yeah like every single new mutant is depicted in the 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 paintball scene like all of these characters are shown most characters have lines like a lot of characters actually have their own little plot lines and arcs here and yet also every villain is like coming together with their own version of events i mean okay xavier's not here but like whatever we don't well whatever but he's in a tube somewhere so but also like (laughs) i think this is a good point where you're talking about everybody having lines and stuff so 
if it's your first episode to the show, it's like all the lands that they have are so in character that you could kind of get that. Like, okay, Lance and Scott have some sort of weird thing between them. You know, mm-hmm. like it, 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 we can absolutely tell who these characters are without it being hard to follow for a new viewer coming into the episode. Like it lays down the plot while also like being surprising to the fans that have been following it all along, mm-hmm. which is honestly pretty hard to do. I can't believe that they managed to introduce Bolivar Trask in a way that I'm just like, they didn't have to give me that much information about him and I already get it. Although I do think that there is an aspect to X-Men Evolution that just assumes that you watched X-Men TAS when you were a child, which I don't really have a huge problem with that. Like, I think that's fine. I think that's what a lot of right. people did was like grow up watching X-Men TAS. And then when they were a little older, they watched this show or at least the showrunners seem to assume that a lot of people have that built-in knowledge of like basic X-Men facts. Yeah. And that's fine. Like yeah. they figure you probably know who Bolivar Trask is. They figure, you know what a Sentinel is. But even if you don't like, they do like a good job of being like, okay, this guy hates mutants. They use that line where Logan's like, okay, so what do mutants do to you? Yeah. And Trask doesn't answer. Like he doesn't give him an answer. Like he's basically like, I found out about you and you're scum. But like just Logan having that line with being like, okay bub what did mutants do to you it's like okay so logan understands it it gives us the viewer the knowledge that bolivar trask has had some sort of run-in with mutants that has made him anti-mutant and even if we don't know what it is like we know that there's a reason and i kind of think that was a smart way that they could do it without having to go into this extensive backstory for trask Mm -hmm. speaking of which do you want to do an extensive backstory for trask yeah let's do it it's not that extensive (laughs) but let's go Who's that X-Men? Sometimes it's not an X-Men. Sometimes What's an it's X-Men a character, character who's an X-Men. Um, Bolivar Trask, also the fuck you guy. Anyway, <laughs> there's not like a lot of notes here. And honestly, Bolivar Trask was not around in the comic books for that long, but it's sort of his legacy that has stuck around in through different iterations. So... Basically, Bolivar Trask was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. He first appeared in X-Men number 14 of November 1965. So he was in the very original run of X-Men. And he was probably like one of the first characters, even pre-Senator Kelly, to be like, let's kill mutants. Which it's like, okay, Stanley and his metaphor there, it's like pretty heavy if this was going on in 1965. So Trask was an anthropologist who saw mutants as a threat to humanity. He is the father of Larry Trask, who turned out to be a mutant precog like Destiny. So Trask created this like little medallion he created to suppress Larry's powers. So that is that does this not sound like X-Men 2 already? It basically is X2. Like why? Yeah. Why? Whatever. It's fine. We talked about it in the X-Men and X2 episodes. It's like it's, it's they fine. couldn't like do Wolverine. It's like because they spent too much time with Wolverine in those movies. But Bolivar is also the father of Tanya, a mutant who could travel through time and is later saved by like Tanya is later saved by Rachel Summers. And then Tanya takes on the name Madame Sanctity. So both of those kids are mutants, which is really important to his 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 backstory. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually one of Tanya's travels results in the destruction of Trask's land. And that just kind of also iterates that mutants are evil to him. So Bolivar wants to fight back against mutants and develops the Sentinels. Larry was his son. Larry was shielded from the Sentinels because of his medallion. So it was designed to like. So basically, he didn't want to kill his kids, but he wanted to kill all other mutants. Great. But again, William Stryker in X Men Two, he doesn't kill his son. He like does all this other weird experimentation on him, keeps him alive, 
because he doesn't want to kill his son for what's going on, but wants to kill all the other mutants for that. You know what I mean? I do. It's the same fucking story. So Bolivar then publishes articles on threats of mutants and starts exposing them. So this is when Bolivar like starts going around and it's like, um, for example, I don't remember what it was, but he, like you could use an example of Warren, be like Warren Worthington is a mutant and he's gay. Warren Worthington, this huge iconic person that everybody sees in the news because he's this rich white guy. He's gay. You should hate him. Like that's mm-hmm. what Bolivar was doing. He was basically outing mutants or queer kids, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, which yeah. is incredibly fucked up. And one of those articles includes an illustration of mutant overlords looking over humans, which is an iconic image that continues to appear throughout the X-Men comics. Uh, I know that Quentin Choir ref- even references it at, at one point. Xavier then invites Trask for a public debate on mutant and human relations. Classic. But obviously, Trask is like, no, you're all fucking scum. Trask's Sentinels, which had an adaptive tactical and strategic for programming function, then eventually turned on humans and s- decided that they were superior, which is, we saw this in X-Men, the animated series. It's also like the classic Sentinel Terminator story. Like, it's, mm-hmm. And they did it in the live action movies too. They did. It's like the artificial intelligence is like, wait, you're all dumb and robots are superior. Yep. The Sentinels kidnapped Trask and brought him to Master Mold, which was this giant Sentinel that the Sentinels created and Master Mold basically was like, please construct me more Sentinels. You have to do this or you will die. Xavier summons the X-Men to stop the Sentinels, which then kidnap Beast. The Sentinels then force Trask to use a device on Beast's brain to find out all of the X-Men's secrets. And Trask scans Beast's brain and he's like, oh, wait, the X-Men were protecting both humans and mutants all along. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that's what we've been trying to tell you. Uh, Trask then realizes that, realizes that he's been wrong and like tries to save them by sacrificing himself to destroy the Sentinel base. That's an important thing to mention because Trask dies at this point. He didn't come back in the comics until like 30 years later. And the reason why he returned is because Bastion, like uh, he was basically a Sentinel in human form. And Bastion later resurrects, resurrects Trask from the dead with the Technarch virus to be part of the team's best mutant killers. And Trask is like, no, I still feel remorse for creating the Sentinels and doing this thing where I killed hundreds of mutants because I couldn't deal with my own shit. Yeah. He frees himself from Bastion's mind control and then he kills himself again. Wow. And this is really important because we have not seen this in any of the cartoons or the TV show where Trask has a turnaround where he realizes he's been wrong and feels... Because, I mean, it would almost work. Like, you know, we have... like For some reason, William Stryker is Trask in the movies, but like... If William Stryker in the movies had a similar story where it's like, yeah, I've been like saving my son, but I'm so mad at mutants for like my son being a mutant, but I can't kill him because I don't actually hate mutants, but I can't deal with this because I refuse to see a therapist. Like Mm -hmm. that is like what we're looking at here. And it's really important that that Trask does have that to run. But unfortunately, because his legacy was so strong, like he's the one that really got the anti-mutant movement going, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Both him and Senator Kelly do the same where they're like, oh, fuck, we're actually wrong. And that, but it's too late. They've already started it. Like all the racists are after them. So his legacy continues on and has been used in many iterations for many groups that have then gone on to try and kill mutants. You know, eventually Master Mold finds Larry Trask, his son, and convinces him to make more Sentinels to avenge his father. Like he tricks him into doing that. Trask's nephew, Donald Trask, which by the way, isn't a slam at Trump because like this character was created before Trump's 
rain on humanity. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just a co- weird coincidence that it's Donald TR and then a bunch of other. Right. Writers. Right. Yeah. So he's recruited by Cassandra Nova to gain control of group of, of the group of Sentinels in Ecuador that she then uses to like kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And once when she obtains Donald's orders in his DNA, she turns around and is like, okay, I've copied your DNA. I don't need you anymore to control the Sentinels. So she then kills Donald Trask. And then she's like, now I can control the Sentinels. Um, Trask also has a brother named Simon Trask, who is the founder of Humanity's Last Stand. So like his whole family basically looks at him and is like, oh, it's, I mean, this is like really the brainwashing ripple effect where it's like if some somebody is like in a family is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gays are evil. They should die. And then like basically brainwashes his whole family into thinking that. But then at the end, it's like, actually, I do support them. It's too late. The damage yeah. has already been done, you know, know. and that and is the message has a already real been spread. story. And yeah, I know. And he developed these weapons. I mean, it's like the genie can't go back in the bottle type of a situation. Right, right, right. It's kind of fucked up. So that is his story. And I did what I'm making a point at that. Trask is played by Peter Dinklage in mm-hmm. uh, Days of Future Past, which is an interesting choice because they don't go into any of his backstory. So, yeah, like, I f- I'll see if I can find it, but I feel like Peter Dinklage did do an interview about it where he was like, I wanted to play the character as somebody with he who was like self hating about their dwarfism and was like, right. I was going to play Trask as somebody who also hated his own genetics because, like, that's just a different way of playing the role. But I don't, that's not, I don't think that's how like this started. I think no, Brian's. No, no. Yeah. Like Brian Singer did a typical Brian Singer bullshit where he was like also kind of like horrible to some marginalized class and doing a movie about marginalized classes. And then Peter Dinklage was like, you know what? I can roll with this because I'm Peter Dinklage and I can take a role and turn it into something that's meaningful. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, I think it was also like Peter Dinklage was getting increasingly famous at the time because that was right. like it was just Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. So right. like he had, you know, a lot of good offers, I'm sure. So getting yeah. asked to be in the X-Men movies, at least at that time, was a big deal. But I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I loved really it. Good. This is me not slamming the idea or Peter Dinklage. I'm saying that Peter Dinklage actually made that role like salvageable you know what i mean yeah i mean i i do think it's like kind of too bad though that the storyline had already been done with striker previously in the movies because it meant that they couldn't really do it again with peter dinklage's character right well i'm hoping in the mcu because the mcu at least for the most part sticks to these character stories in a way that the fox movies refuse to do from the get-go so yeah i don't know i mean we'll see if they even bother to do a sentinel storyline or not in the mcu like i genuinely don't know what they're gonna do i don't know it's like i i want the x-men in the mcu so bad it's like oh it's like gonna be a slow crawl but it'll be the patience will be worth it so anyway that's our show uh <laughs> next week we'll be back with episode two of Wait, day of reckoning who's gay the
like I just skipped over the most important part of our show. I know. And there's so I'm many gay, gay people Does that count? in this. Yeah, we're gay, but that's not what this is about. Um, oh, my gosh. I don't even know who to list. I feel like this whole episode was very homoerotically charged. Uh, I agree. I guess we start with Logan, the first person in this episode, um, and also the person who's gay for it. So we already talked about how Logan was crawling through the sewers uh, looking for tail. Yeah, he was like on a cruising situation. Looking for sexy, sexy saber tooth. I, I don't need to repeat all that. I just uh, stick by my theory on that. I think that's what this that absolutely was. Yeah, I also feel like Trask secretly tracking Logan is homoerotic as well in a weird way and like kidnapping him, doing experiments on I him. I also think Trask is gay in a self-hating way. Like, I feel like this version of Trask is also gay because of him being like, I had a run in with mutants once. And it was really bad. And it was like, okay, so you're gay and you don't like that you like that is a very unfortunate and common thing that happens is like a straight person having a gay encounter, enjoying it, but then hating themselves for enjoying it because of some other political or brainwashing happening to that person. And so they feel awful. Like that's Trask's story in this show. Yeah. I mean, specifically in this show, I don't really know if that's his story in the comics because like the new no, gene doesn't not. really work in that way but like yeah no. i mean in this show it definitely feels homoerotic anybody kidnapping wolverine is obsessed with him and you can't really blame them and then meanwhile amara and tabitha are dating they're together i love them oh wait this is <laughs> this is full on yeah that was like the creators and the people who worked on the show were like oh yeah that was intentional they are a couple in this like in the same way that pietro is supposed to be gay on this show mm -hmm. which pietro is gay by the way just as an aside uh that's all happening um mystique is gay I don't know. Uh, Lance and Scott's whole thing where like Lance walks up, he's got his hands on his hips, shaking his butt and being like wagging his finger in Scott's face to be like, I think somebody's got to be the new top around here. And Scott's like, <laughs> no, I keep on being on the bottom. I don't want to be. <laughs> Except he does want to be because he loves it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pyro showing up just as a, a, a concept. <laughs> yeah, Pyro, Pyro's flaming. I don't know. I mean, the entire new brotherhood is just like a musical theater troupe. Like, I don't <laughs> it's going to be more of that in the second episode, but they're already doing it now where they're like popping out of their spheres together and like doing a dance routine alone. I mean, they like were all posing for nobody, which no is one. like something we would have done back in the day. And we're queer, so that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, Cannibal and Bobby's blowjob. Yeah, Cannonball and Bobby are dating just in the background. Uh, so everybody's gay. Um, Xavier wasn't really in this episode, and that's why that's it's why so it was great. extra gay. Yeah. And I love it. And I'm excited to talk about episode two, which we're going to do very shortly. But before we do that, we are going to give you some plugs because that's this right. Is the and Plucky is waiting for us in the bathroom, <laughs> okay. which is a weird place. He's like, oh, 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 oh. by the way. By the way, uh, <laughs> and Discord, uh, some of our listeners from Discord has popped into my Twitch channel and I've been playing Dead by Daylight, right? Mm -hmm. And this is a fun little story as a quick aside. Uh, and I keep on playing that game where it's like you either play as the survivors or the killer. And the, that game has like every killer in it. It's got like Freddy Krueger. It's got like Jason Voorhees. Like everybody's there. The fucking Demigorgon and Pyramid Head are there. And they keep on adding characters. So I'm like, we keep on being like, what if Mr. Sinister was one of the uh, villains you could play as that goes around, kills people. And then for some reason, it turned into the listeners from our show being like, but what about Pluggy as the killer? <laughs> <laughs> like floating around, coming after 
after the the survivors been like oh i'm gonna fuck you <laughs> that's like, fucking terrifying I, yeah i know right i'm constantly trying to avoid pluggy in my day to day but so today we're gonna do actual plugs scary. so anyway um, let's let's do that Sure. So starting we with just Discord, talked about right? the Discord. Yeah, we can talk about the Discord again. So again, you can go to mutantages.com. You can check out that bar on the right hand side. And in so doing, you can find a link to our Discord and you should join it because it's fun and people talk about Pluggy in there. And also <laughs> <laughs> also over there, we've got our email address, which is the mutantages at gmail.com. You should definitely write in because we're going to do a reader mail episode after the season finale, which is next week. So now is the time to write in. Um, you can also leave us a voicemail. We play those on our reader mail episodes. one 508 319-1668. And if you want to send us physical mail, um, you can send it to P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And we record ourselves doing unboxings of the things that we get. We've gotten some really cool stuff. We've gotten comic That's books. That's right. We just did an unboxing. All kinds of stuff. People send us the nicest things. Yeah. I, like sending us boom boom figurines. Yeah, that is the best. Yeah, so freaking cool. Um, so you can watch our unboxings of our mail on our YouTube channel. We're the Mutant Ages on YouTube and we have all kinds of stuff on there. Um, I guess I'll let you describe some of it, Ryan. Yeah, sure. Obviously, we have the unboxings there, but sometimes I take clips from this show and match it up with the actual animation of the TV shows. We have other parody videos up there of both X-Men and Resident Evil, our two favorite obsessions of all time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and we also are playing through every single X-Men video game ever on there. Uh, shortly sometime we'll return to the next Game Gear game. We've been a little distracted. There's been like moves and trips happening, but you know what? It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel that is just Ryan Pagella. It's an adventure vlog focusing on arcades, adventures, and theme parks. I just went to Lake Compounds yesterday. It just opened for their 175th birthday. That is a crazy old theme park. Yeah, that is crazy old. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I saw that. I was like, Jesus, I didn't even know there was a theme park that old. Also, you can find the Mutant Ages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, and TikTok. And we're individually on those platforms. Maddie, where are you? I am at Mitty Myers on all of the above, I think. And you can follow me on whatever platform you want to. Although the Mutant Ages is a way more fun account to follow if you ask that me. That is, that is. Ryan is on social media as well. That's right. I'm at Ryan.Pagella on Instagram and Ryan Pagella on Twitter. I've also got my Twitch channel where I've been playing games like uh, Avengers and the new Resident Evil game. And dead by daylight with the fans of this show uh and that's just ryan pagella and it's really fun i really like it when you guys show up because you make me laugh (laughs) so yeah right on um so if you like this show and you want to support it there's a couple different ways that you can do that you can go shopping in our store we have a link to our store in that's right episode and you can buy bishop saying time travel is real on all manner of merchandise or just the logo on all manner of merchandise but you can also go to patreon.com slash the mutant ages And kick us a buck every month or kick us a couple bucks a month and get access to bonus episodes of the show where we talk about WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, Birds of Prey, all kinds of stuff, Captain Marvel. At some point, we'll probably do Mortal Kombat also because we're nerds. Yeah, Ryan watched it and he wants me to watch it. I haven't seen it yet, but you know, whenever I do, we'll probably do. Sonya Blade's Blade's good in it. Okay, anyway, continuing on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and um, our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. That's right. Magneto's four chosen hot... (laughs) mutants that are going to show up in their Hunger Games orbs are Brock and Samuel B, Soren B and Zach S posing sexily for the camera that's not there. 
Yeah, they each can cast themselves as whichever of those Brotherhood members they want to be. And they need to get their musical theater dances ready because it's time to pose. It's time to Vogue. I mean, Gambit's got a lot of experience from doing like West Side Story in the woods with like the rivaling thieves and assassin guilds and butter dishes and shit. So whatever. That is a very good point. But if you can't support us on those uh, platforms, you can also just leave us a review on whichever app you are listening to us on because that always helps us a written review or a star rating they go a long way and share it with your friends yeah um wow is that everything i think we that did is. it all we, we did, did it all. so next episode we are wrapping up the season two finale yay uh we will see you then see you next yes. time see you next time logan get the spatula <laughs> for what pancakes to make me eggs duh (laughs) although i don't trust him like let's be real logan trying to cook eggs is probably a disaster i should probably go in there yeah all right see you next time bye